0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent
1: herbicide.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have the latest Saskwheat, market outlook, which points to record Durham prices and strong spring wheat prices amid reduced supply and good world demand. Real Agriculture talks with John Dreger of Left Field Commodity Research. We also have a two-part feature interview on a high-tech service to farmers to improve crop yields through field analysis. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The latest market outlook from Sask Wheat continues to have a buoyant tone even though prices were moving downward late last week. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting says rising world demand and reduced wheat supply is positive for global wheat markets with Durham hitting record prices.
3: So what happened last week? The US dollar broke solidly through the March highs back to the level of November last year. This along with a sizable sell-off in corn and soybeans took US wheat futures lower on Thursday and again on Friday. So futures have now given back almost all the gains generated by last week's shocking USDA report, which took 17 million tons of wheat production from the world's major exporters. However, as far as we can see, production prospects have not improved over the last week. Consumers have limited cover and soil moisture levels across much of the northern hemisphere are low ahead of winter plantings next spring we should see a battle for acres among the crops across the u.s and canada futures last week closed as follows september 21 contract chicago winter wheat closed at seven fourteen, down 18 cents on the week september 21 kansas hardware winter wheat closed at 7.02 down 40 cents on the week and september 21 minneapolis hardware spring wheat closed at nine eighteen four down 26 cents on the week the most important global news news last week in europe we have continued quality problems the matif september to december inverse soared last week to almost 30 dollars a ton as the market desperately tried to find milling wheat supplies as a symptom of the above algeria had to agree to lower its minimum test weight conditions to 76 kilograms Regarding Eastern Europe and the Black Sea, the Egyptian Gask tender showed the extent to which the export tax in Russia will hamper exports, in that Russian prices were $20 above Romanian offers. However, the upcoming rise in the export tax is reportedly starting to push Russian farmers into selling their wheat, which is pressuring domestic prices, although not a fork market. Further on export volumes, USDA expects wheat exports to be down by 2% to 178 million tons from 181 million in 2021. However, private analysts think that the USDA numbers are far too high, especially for Canada due to drought and in the EU due to quality problems. They calculate that exports could be down an additional 12 million tons. If correct, And combined with increased demand over the past five years, this could give further significant support to global wheat markets.
2: Coming up, Marlena Borsch outlines world wheat sales this past week and record durum prices. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca And Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. There's record-setting prices for Durham at many locations in Saskatchewan. Sask Wheat has released its latest market outlook, compiled by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting. She says there was significant world wheat trade this past week.
3: Well, Algerian state agency OIC purchased 290,000 tons of ongoing of optional origin milling wheat in a tender last Tuesday. Egypt purchased 180,000 tons of wheat to be sourced from Romania and from the Ukraine. Russia missed the tender. Japan bought 144,000 tons of wheat from U- the US, Canada and Australia and is also tendering for 80,000 tons of wheat feed wheat along with a hundred thousand tons of barley. Morocco's three hundred and sixty three thousand ton US sourced Durham tender is due on August 24th. There were no concrete results from the Philippine tender, but they may have bought an unspecified volume at around $340 a ton. Jordan will retender on August twenty fifth and weekly US export sales came in at 307,000 tons which was in the mid range of estimates. Pertaining to Canadian wheat, the milling wheat market is firm with bids around 1050 per bushel. We expect the wheat market to remain strong with the price gap with other origins continuing to narrow towards North American values. Statistics Canada's crop update is due in one week with private sources expecting figures well below the USDA's 24 million tons. Early movement data. Canada exported 792,000 tons of wheat during crop weeks 1 and 2, which is 145,000 tons smaller than what we did last year. Regarding Durham, prices have responded strongly to the combined U.S.-Canada-Durham problem, and $20 per bushel is now widely bid for number three quads in Saskatchewan. Prices by U.S. companies have been leading bids in southern Saskatchewan, with Canadian companies clearly playing catch up. Note that even now, Canadian bids tend to show much bigger great discounts than U.S. bids. $20 per bushel, as I said, for number three quads is in the market as of last Friday. These are the highest durham prices and the biggest premiums over spring wheat that we have ever witnessed. We would be loath to miss unprecedentedly high values, and as long as the durum is already in hand, we would be minimum 60% sold at these levels. Durham exports for weeks one and two amounted to 230,000 tons, which is 47,000 tons ahead of last year's durham shipments.
2: Marlena Borsch compiles the weekly market update for the Sask
1: website time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney, brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio here to talk about this week's market activity. It is John Dreger from Leftfield Commodity Research. Hey John, how are you? Yeah, doing fine, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. There's there's been a real difference between the futures traded commodities and And the non-futures traded commodities, when it comes to price action as of late, uh, I I saw your your colleague Chuck Penner uh, share a a graph on canary seed, for example. Uh, Wowzers, like it's like straight up uh, record prices. Well, what's going on here, the difference between futures and non-futures?
0: Yeah, it's it's just you know, over the last uh, couple weeks in particular, a huge jumps in in, uh, in some of these non-futures traded crops. You know, things like durum, things like peas or canary seed, or some of these smaller crops. And you know, I, I think there's a couple things. I, I think certainly one is uh, you know futures markets. A you know, or because you have that that actively traded uh, market, that derivatives market, it it allows you know traders, speculators, the industry to kind of let's say you know kind of buy paper, if you will, without actually uh, without actually, uh, kind of having physical transactions take place. And so it really does, you know, it really is a, a forum for markets to anticipate, uh, to kind of, uh, price things in early and so forth. And so, you know, that's why, you know, for things like, you know, canola has, has been kind of, hasn't really gone anywhere the last, you know, call it month and a half or so. Uh, but it's sitting at a really elevated level and it's kind of been drifting along sideways, you know, whereas some of these other non-futures traded crops, I mean, now, you know, I don't want to say the market takes some time to catch up. I mean, in a sense, I guess that's true. I mean, everyone's known for a while how poor things are, but maybe it just takes a little longer for it to ripple through to maybe that end user, uh, that overseas buyer. Uh, maybe it, there's a little bit of catching up to to genuinely how tight supplies will be, to where they'll actually, you know, maybe put their bid or their price at a at a level that might start to pry some things loose or, or so forth. And so it really is a I guess it really is a lagged response, and in a sense, not that you know people haven 't known how bad it is, but but maybe it just takes that you know takes some time to kind of ripple through and to you know for buyers to to finally maybe get to a level where maybe you're starting to pry a little bit out of farmers' hands and and I think even at these incredible price levels, I think it 's hard to hard to buy much from farmers understandably so uh, but, uh, uh, you know, whereas, yeah, with futures markets, it's, it's, uh, it, it jumps in early. And I guess the other part of it as well with futures markets, I mean, you do have that, uh, that over effect of a, of a corn and soybean market, which, uh, you know, historically still at pretty good levels, but, but kind of been, I don't know, let's call it a little lackluster compared to where we were, you know, kind of late winter and spring. So, so kind of a couple of factors in play, but just phenomenal moves and in, in mm-hmm. things like, again, Durham, canary seed peas and, and so forth.
1: Liquidity probably comes, it's a question of liquidity as well, is it not? That in terms of now, and that can be on the, the way up, like we've been seeing here the past couple of weeks, but it also can be a factor on, on the way down as well.
0: Oh, I, I think that's definitely part of it. You know, I mean, even, you know, again, with, with derivatives markets, the ability to, uh, you know, to lay off risk, to, to manage risk, uh, there 's just no way of managing that risk in in these other crops so so really it is a, a physical commitment it is a physical transaction lower liquidity as you as you mentioned I think all of that contributes to it and and it does lend itself to uh, you know to to especially in market extremes, you know kind of uh, kind of large large swings, and so we're we 're kind of just really on that that phenomenal uh, move up as as markets are really coming to grips with just just how. Insolvably tight. Some of these, uh, some of these balance sheets are for these crops, and, and prices are reflecting that. And, you know, again, yeah, with these non-futures traded crops, it just takes some time to catch up. Yeah. Uh, the other part of these non-futures traded crops is, of course, they're also their production is so concentrated in, you know, Western Canada and maybe the Northern U.S., where where things just genuinely are that bad, uh, compared to maybe some of these other larger crops growing more widely globally. Uh, some areas aren't as bad as we are and so forth, and so their, their own individual supply and demand situations aren't as dire as they are for you know, Durham or, or some of these other crops that are so heavily uh, focused on Western Canada and, and the northern U.S. for global trade.
1: So, you know, I mentioned the dog days of August. If you look at the, the futures traded crops, canola, wheat, corn, beans… This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
0: Infuse some energy into your next corporate event, customer meeting, or conference with Real Ag Radio, Canada's national agriculture radio show. Create a unique experience at your next event with host Sean Haney, broadcasting Real Ag Radio live on XM, featuring exciting guests, captivating interviews, and the latest news from the agriculture community. Contact advertising at realagriculture.com or call 587-787-1795 to book your on-location with Real Ag Radio today. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
2: The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Part the cloudy sky today, the high 18, the low plus 5. Thursday, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy in the afternoon and evening showers. Wind southeast 30 tomorrow, the high 19, the low 12. Friday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 18, the low 11. Saturday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 20, the low 9. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 24, the low 10. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 26, the low 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 24. Normal high is 23. The normal low is 8. The sun rose at 6.02 this morning. It sets at 7.59 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot up north. Stony Rapids, 21 degrees. The cold spot down south, Indian Head, east of Regina, 13. Estevan is 17. Saskatoon, Swift Current, Weyburn, all 16. Yorkton is 14. Cloudy and Regina, 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 13. Humidity is 63%. The Bromita rising, 102.6. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 15. Winds are from the east at 9. Once again, Regina, mostly cloudy. It's 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. 2021 has been a challenging year for farmers. Alameda area farmer Edgar Hammermeister is a franchise owner in southeast Saskatchewan for Western Ag Professional Agronomy. His company offers high-tech services to farmers to improve crop production.
4: Western Ag Professional Agronomy is a group of independent agronomists that provides crop planning services to to area farmers. Uh, We've been providing uh, these services since 1998, and uh, what's unique about it is that uh, we use, uh, first off, uh, a technology developed at the University of Saskatchewan called the PRS probes. And and they are a tool that really assesses the, the capacity of the soil to release nutrients. They're not measuring what's in the soil, but to emphasize again, it's what will the soil release to a crop. And then that that information goes into a computer model that really is the, the heart of our consulting business called the, the PRS Cropcaster. And and that's a tool that it's really a decision support tool to help farmers in, in chop uh, crop choices and and fertilizer uh, budgeting
2: so it's a business to advise farmers what fertilizer to put in and just how their soil what it can produce
4: that's right it, it it's again it's uh, soils have a, a tremendous reserve of of nutrients but they aren't all available to the crop and uh, again the tool the prs probe that analysis is a, a much more sensitive tool than a conventional soil test that lets uh Let's a farmer uh, come to appreciate what the, the the supply potential is for a given field, and and it's it can be quite interesting for for different field histories how how different that nutrient supply can be.
2: Do you do this in different spots in the field?
4: That's right, Jim. We're uh, anywhere from four to, to six stops, and and we collect slices of soil. It's something else that's a little bit different, rather than using a probe to, to collect soil, which is a, a narrow punch. We collect a, a slice of soil four to uh, six inches wide um, and focus on the, the top four inches or 10 centimeters of the soil. And so we're doing a, a little bit of uh, field history averaging by collecting a slice of soil. Uh, and so we're not as vulnerable to the narrow bands that can uh, materialize from the way we're seeding and fertilizing crops today.
2: Give me an example of a field where you weren't in it and then you came in and you did this work. Give me a before and after production wise example.
4: Our, our consulting hits on, on a number of different avenues. The first one might sound a little bit strange, but putting the right crop on the right field. And farmers may have a, an inclination that, you know, on that southwest quarter, like the barley just never grows well. And so, it, through years of experience, they've, they've figured out not to grow barley on, on that quarter. Our analysis would identify if it's a nutrition issue. We would identify well what the actual problem is, and what the economics are to fixing it. And so, if we want to rotate to to a cereal, we can identify which fields the, the barley versus wheat would would do better on. Or if if the field needs to be in barley for for whatever reason, then what is the the best uh, fertilizer supplement to optimize yield potential? I guess from there, if if the crop is going to be wheat to nothing but wheat, well, then through our crop model, we can start doing what-if scenarios. Now, they can be economic scenarios versus what if fertilizer costs are changing or if crop prices are going up and down. But we can also run scenarios on you know, the weather. We can compare four, six, nine inches of rain. What if we fertilize for eight and only get five? We can do all those what-if scenarios. And, and ultimately, our consulting, our job is to show options and, and talk about the implications of, of different decisions. But it's ultimately up to the farmer and, and their risk tolerance for the scenario that comes up. And to to wrap up the service, we we actually come back after harvest and we run the model in reverse. So during the planning phase, we're we're looking forward. We we have maybe two feet of moist soil. We're uh, hoping for six inches of rain. We plan for derm. We use this fertilizer blend. Those are the assumptions going into the season. But after the season, we come back and we run the model in reverse. So we seeded derm, we put on this fertilizer blend, we hoped for, for seven inches of rain, we only got four and a half. We talked a little bit about, you know, agronomy, what was done to protect the crop, but our goal with the model is that we're, uh, the, the farmer's yield in the bin is within 10% of what the model is is predicting. And that's what's kept us in business for pretty well 25 years. Coming
2: up, Edgar Hammermeister discusses some field results and the cost of the high-tech service to farmers. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small-town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingsupplies.com Professional agrologist and Alameda area farmer Edgar Hammermeister says 2021 has been a challenging year for many producers. He's a franchise owner in southeast Saskatchewan of a high-tech farm service called Western Ag Professional Agronomy. He offers field analysis and says some results are very good.
4: Oh, certainly. It's it's about balanced fertility. And, and uh, the, the focus quite often is on nitrogen alone and Overdoing nitrogen can cause lodging issues or it can induce disease in crops. It, it's all about the balanced nutrition and, and just like it is for, for animals or for humans for that matter, if you're overdoing one food source, one nutrient, it, it throws off your system. And so by balancing that, we can improve yields or we can re- reduce fertilizer costs. So the benefit to the farm can be a couple of different ways either we improve the yield or we can maintain the yield but reduce the fertilizer cost through balanced fertility either way it's a win for the farm
2: how much of a yield improvement what's the best you've seen
4: well the best comes off of what how bad was the, the field and, and we can we've seen anywhere from from 30 to 50 to percent yield increase that's Jim. That's an outlier. Really, we're we're trying to fine tune. Uh, you know, the the majority of our customers are pretty assertive managers already. And what we're fine tuning is we're in that 10 to 20 percent gains. But it, again, it's not just increasing yield. Like it it's it can also be the the reduction of cost or identifying for the farm's risk tolerance a better crop to grow for the dollars that they're willing to risk a better crop to grow for the risk that they're willing to take and and so the farm um it's a it's a risk management consulting as as much as a a production consulting
2: what is this service cost
4: the the basic is four dollars per seeded acre and what that includes is that we we have a quick discussion about fields and, and field histories before we go sampling we sample the fields The samples are analyzed at our lab in Saskatoon. Then we come back and do the consulting, the crop planning process. And then we have uh, typically there is an in-season visit just to see how the crop is progressing. But uh, most importantly, we have the the post-harvest backcast session, as we call it, that really lets the the farmer um, come to appreciate how well the computer model can work for their farm.
2: I understand you're a professional agrologist, also a farmer in Alameda. How's your harvest going?
4: Yeah, Jim, we're uh, just over 40% complete at the farm and uh, shut down here recently with a little bit over an inch of of moisture last weekend and and some inconvenient harvest weather at the moment. Hoping to go a little bit later today. Yields have been um, a little bit below average. Uh, Protein levels are, are quite high, 14.5 to 15 in the bread wheat that we've taken off so far. That meant the groceries were there and just we didn't have the moisture to generate yield potential. But in the southeast corner, we're, uh, whenever I think about being a little bit disappointed with below average, I'm actually very appreciative of the opportunity that I have because I know so much of not just Saskatchewan, but the prairie and northern plain region is suffering terribly with, uh, with a terrible drought. And uh, we've got a a pretty special circumstance here in in deep southeast Saskatchewan.
2: Edgar Hammermeister is an Alameda area farmer and franchise owner of Western Ag Professional Agronomy. For more information, the website is growmoreprofit.com. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Vitera prices for Durham dropped 55.12 at 681.03. Canola gained 4.30 at 884.02. Number one red spring wheat rose 56 cents at 371.53. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 354.65. Flax 899.76. Lentils. Oats 33753. The lentils is unavailable. Well, lentils was $1025.59. Yellow peas 47763. Feed wheat 26165. On the Minneapolis exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for September dropped 2 and a quarter cents at 928 and a half cent a bushel. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
5: Assiniboia Livestock had our first pre sort for fall run on August 10th. 400 to 500 pound steers sold from 223 to 250. 600 to 600 pound steers sold from 185 to $2. 650 to 700 pound steers sold from 202 to 212. 700 to 800 pound steers sold from 199 to 213. 800 to 900 pound steers sold from 196 to 201. And over 900 pound steers sold from 181 to 191. Heifers are 30 cents back from the steers. We also had a regular cow and bull sale on August 11th. Cows have come down a few cents from our last sale, and bulls are holding steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from 74 to 82. D3 cows sold from 59 to 73. Counter cows sold from 38 to 49 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 110 to 119. This is George Stevens with the Cineboil Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And the
2: latest pork prices, both brown and muscled plants, two thirty-five eighty-eight per ckg. Coming up, the resource report.
0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicide.